0: Hi, it's Lisa. Welcome back to The Healing Path, a podcast created to connect our broken hearts as we journey into honest conversations about grief and loss in our daily lives. Following the deaths of two of my children, I struggled for many years to fill the holes in my heart. I felt like I tried everything, prayer, meditation, therapy, coaching, reading, journaling, you name it. Plus, I tried a few less productive approaches. And after two decades of continuing to grieve, it occurred to me that maybe I'd set the wrong target. Instead of trying to feel better by filling those painful voids, I've learned that building a life around them is a much more attainable target. A major part of this approach is talking openly about what my grief is like instead of keeping it to myself. With this newfound permission to let all the parts of me be here, I feel more human and less like a robot on autopilot. So I created the Healing Path podcast with the hope that sharing our stories in a mutually compassionate environment will help us to stop working so hard to hide our scars from ourselves and others and start wearing them proudly as the medals of love that they are. So thank you for joining this episode of the Healing Path. Today, I'm chatting about a post from last August, that's August 21, um, called Kindness in 20 Bucks. When I used to work in the city, I would pass multiple homeless folks on my way from the train station to my office. In the warm weather, I felt compassion for people that had nowhere to go or to live. But in the cold weather, I found it hard to stop thinking about all those bodies I passed, sleeping on box covers, under anything that could be used as a blanket. The air was ice cold. And the ground was frozen. People slept in doorways, under awnings, and anywhere they could gain shelter from the biting winds. Sometimes I would remember to put a $20 bill in my coat pocket or in the hand of my warm glove. That way I could easily take it out and place it in the nearly frozen hand of a stranger street sleeper. My prayer was that when they awoke, they could at least get a warm breakfast or a bottle of something strong if that's what they wanted. This ritual brought me a tiny bit of comfort that I'd helped in some small way. I also imagined that the $20 would extend its positive vibes out into many directions. As that little bit of money was dispersed into different hands and traveled to new environments, my hope was that it would continue to bless those it came into contact with. Of course, these are all stories I made up while doing this, and I have no idea what happened to that twenty dollars once I walked away from a sleeping stranger. Today, I was thinking that kindness is about the same as twenty bucks. If we extend if we extend a kindness to one stranger, a smile, holding the door listening to someone or thing that we don't necessarily find engaging, that that act, that kind act can exponentially reach others. As the currency is received and shared with others, I imagine my kind act has reached countless strangers. Of course, as with $20, I have no idea if that actually happens, but it doesn't cost anything to be kind. And wouldn't it be cool If all we had to do was have every person in the world perform one kind, selfless selfless act every day to aggregate the expanding kind energy across humanity, it's not as hard as you might think. And moreover, when we are generous with others, we simultaneously bless ourselves. So this is a bit of a short and sweet post, um, but some of them are, and yeah. Uh, generosity, as you know, is one of my favorite topics if you follow my work at all. Um, but this is this is something that I used to do. And it's funny because I would I would literally plan ahead um, to put money in my glove because honestly, it was so cold just even trying to take my glove off to get money out. It was just cold. So I did feel as though I was helping a little bit, particularly, you know, I obviously have a soft spot for women, <laughs> because I am one and particularly, um, older women just sleeping in doorways and like their hands are frozen. I mean, they're just frozen shut. And so whenever I could, I just thought even if they could get a hot cup of coffee to put their hands on, or maybe they could, I don't know, like pay to go to a movie so they could sit inside or something. I don't know. I don't know how that money was used, but I can tell you that I felt very, Um, full going into work, you know, knowing that I had somewhat connected with somebody. And I talk a lot about generosity, about the effects that it has not only on the receiver, but on the giver, Um, that the giver receives, you know, we get that nice dopamine hit. And um, also, if anybody's witnessing that act, that can also bring that person, the observer, a dopamine hit. And of course, the person that gets the money or kindness also has that nice dopamine head, maybe a little serotonin and oxytocin flowing through the brain where they feel like they're being seen. I actually got stopped once. Um, I also would look for musicians, and they would usually play at the top of the metro entrance and exit. So coming off of an hour-long uh, an, an hour train ride, I would know there's probably somebody up there Trying to play the violin with frozen fingers or drums or whatever they had. So um there was one morning I came up, I don't even remember what I gave the person. I'm sure I gave them some money and I might have given them <laughs> some kind bars or protein bars or something like that. Cause I know they don't spoil and they actually can taste pretty good. Um, but somebody who saw me do that just came up behind me as I continued on my walk, short walk to my office and stopped me. And he was like, you know, you are really kind. And oh, that just sent like more butterflies and rainbows. Because now I gave something and it felt good. The person that got it felt good. The person that saw it felt good, then told me and I felt even better. It was amazing. But even if nobody sees, I promise you that giving generously, whether it's Money, which I always say is just the tip of the iceberg when it comes to generosity or presence or attention or listening. It's so important. And I had a really good friend of mine just shared with me that a couple of days ago, he was traveling and that a couple of days ago, he got stopped by somebody, you know, really just frantic and in need. And he had, of course, a story about, you know, why he needed money. And this friend of mine gave gave some money. And I won't say he was lamenting it, because he really wasn't. He was really owning it. And I was so proud to have a friend that would do that just like I would, because we don't have to know where that money goes. But I always just feel like if someone's asking for money, if I have even a dollar on me, I'll do it. I'll give it to them. Because for me, you know, that could be me, right? That may be me for all I know, the direction that my life is going. And um, there's something very holistic and organic and magical about locking eyes with a stranger and being generous, just even if it's a split second, or even if you don't see their eyes cause they're closed and you're putting money into their frozen hand, you're still, we just, we're built hardwired per Brene Brown and all of her hard work. That's educating us all. We are hardwired for connection and belonging So when we connect with someone, even if it's um, someone that we don't know and we never see them again, there's just something so powerful about that. There's a great uh, book out by Barbara Fredrickson. It's actually, it's got to be almost 10 years old by now. Um, But yeah, Barbara Fredrickson, PhD, she wrote a book called Love 2.0. And it's all about this process of creating happiness and health in moments of connection. And so as she talks about love 2.0, it's this idea that we're expanding our love beyond just our circle, just us, just the people that we know. And actually, I've done quite a bit of work with this, um, with Heroic and Optimize and Brian Johnson, because he says, hey, there's like a love 1.0, a love 2.0, but what about love 3.0, which would be, you know, extending even beyond the people that we can see, our love 4.0. Like, how do, we, how do we take this research and use it to our advantage? And what we know for sure is that when we connect with another, it can be a pet, it can be a human, and particularly if you have suffered any trauma of any kind, which basically qualifies a lot of people, that connection is the answer. So these little moments, you know, we think about, Let's go have, you know, a beautiful meal with a friend or let's go break bread. And this is a two or three hour, you know, we get dressed, we go, we wait, we eat, we wait, we talk, we go. It's a whole thing, which is amazing. That is definitely an awesome anchor in terms of finding ways to connect, but we don't have to do it in big pieces, big chunks. We can break it down and just look for these little micro moments of opportunity, and I do it like if I'm walking through my neighborhood or if I'm walking through anybody's neighborhood, I I always put my hand up when I pass somebody. If I'm driving, particularly where I live, but if I'm walking just about anywhere, I will always at least raise a hand to acknowledge that I see a person. I don't wave <laughs> furiously unless I'm trying to get their attention. But mostly I'm just like, hey, you know, I'm putting that hand up because for two reasons. One is... I want you to know that I see you. And if you are part of the community that I live in, then, you know, I really want you to know that I recognize that. And so if you're walking where I'm walking, we're probably in the same community. So we should say hello. The second is because if you're not from the community, number one, it makes you feel more welcome. But also if you have any bad, you know, kind of malintent for whatever reason you're there, you know, it just brings that humanity to that particular situation. And I've heard this too when we're in situations of um being victims of, you know, violent crime or something like that, particularly for women. And just, you know, one of the strategies of, if all else fails and you don't have a shot at defending yourself, you know, the teaching is, you know, look the person in the eye and just say, I'm I'm someone's daughter, I'm someone's mother, I'm a sister, I'm a teacher, I'm a nurse. I'm, you know, something just trying to bring your own humanity to the forefront so that they can maybe just be paused for enough time to recognize that maybe hurting you isn't the best idea and that doesn't always work. But I do know that this idea of connection and the role it plays in our healing is super important. So this has been a lovely, uh, long talk, short post, but kindness in 20 bucks, give it a shot, see what you can uncover as far as how you might feel when you do it. Or yeah, it doesn't have to be money, but I always just encourage like hold the door or talk to your um, clerk or, you know, let people go ahead of you. If you're going into a building and there's somebody who is infirm, or even if they're just you know, not infirm, let them through. Where are we really going in all this hurry? So it's not so much for them as it is for me because I really benefit every time I decide to acknowledge that there's another person and that maybe their needs are more important than mine in that moment. So let us know how you do. LisaMcFarland.com. This post again was back in August, it was in August, uh, August 5th of 2021. And below each post, there's a place to put comments. So even though it's a little bit older, yeah, I'd love to hear um, if you give this a shot and just you could do a little experiment and see how you feel. But until we meet again, stay present, stay grateful, and stay healing. And as always, I thank you so much for listening.